So we've been talking about how to have confident expectation. And we've been looking at confident expectation does what? It's, it is the kicking point. It is the starting point for your faith. The problem is not that Christians don't have faith. The problem is we have faith, but it's a spiritual law. In Galatians 5, talks about being a spiritual law, fruit of the Spirit, but it's a spiritual law. And therefore, just like gravity, whatever's up must come down, your faith is working. What is your faith? Believing, knowing, trusting. The problem is, do you have faith in God or your circumstances? You have faith in God or your enemy? You have faith in God or your lack or your fear, your disappointment? So, as we've been talking about that, I read to you now, faith is the substance things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, out of Hebrews 11.1. 1. So, what I want you to realize today is your faith will only give you what you are confidently expecting. Your faith will only give you what you are confidently expecting. So, if you're confidently expecting you won't get your breakthrough, you got it. You won't. If you're constantly expecting you might almost get what you need, but not quite there, you'll not quite get there. But if you're believing you're going to get it, push, press, and over the top, you're on your way to get it. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on my way. So now in the Amplified, Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, title, deed, confirmation of things hoped for. Now remember the word hope in the Greek is the word elpis, E-L-P-I-S, elpis, and it means to confidently expect. To confidently expect. So instead of using the word hope, let's read it that way. So it's now faith is the assurance, title deed. Think about title deed, ownership, confirmation of things confidently expected. The things you confidently expect, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends, look at this, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That's why faith, God, truth always trumps facts. Because through God and his word I shared with you last week, I think in Hebrews eleven three. That the worlds were framed through the word of God by faith, right? And the faith, confidently expected. So God, what did he do? As he imagined and envisioned the world, the solar system, people, all that. And he breathed and he spoke. The Bible tells us in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And as God released his word, just from the annunciation of what was inside him, when it echoed out, it's a creative force, and things that were not became. So the chair you're sitting on comes from molecules, but molecules came not just from melting metal and all that, no, but the things that even made the metal to be melted, the, the materials, the elements, and the fabric, all, everything that is seen now came from the unseen realm, right? So faith comprehends as fact what cannot be expected by your physical senses. So you, your faith will give you what you confidently expect. Faith is one of those kingdom keys, the, really the main kingdom key, that we have to access the promises of God for our life. So if you want to live the best life possible for you, you can only access it through kingdom keys. And as you learn this, it will change everything for your 
life. Now, most believers, when they look at this term hope, they don't look at it as confident expectation. They look at it from our English language, which means to expect something in the future. You see, if Satan can get you always to expect something in the future, then what happens is it's difficult to get the energy to get it in your now. But when you confidently expect faith, what happens? Faith, knowing and trusting God, when you confidently expect releasing your faith, it is the vehicle that goes into the unseen realm. In God, there is no time. See, you're looking at this world and this kingdom. But in God's kingdom, the Bible says Jesus said, the Bible says Jesus is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. He always was, he is, and he always will be. He is the what? Alpha, the beginning, and the omega, the ending. But the word omega means never ending. Infinity. So there's no time, yeah, somebody said infinity and beyond, go on and say, it's a toy story, there you go, Sherry. So, so what I want you to realize is there's no time in God. You and I live in time, we live in chronos time, seconds turn into minutes, minutes turn into hours and days, but then there's keros time, K-A-R-E-O-S, E-O-S in the Greek, and keros time is the time that is in segments or seasons. So we're in a season of time for God, but we're not in a chronos time. So God, there is no time. So there is nothing you can't tap into because Jesus said, this is how you pray. How it be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So do you believe everything you need when you pass away and take your last breath to be answered to bodies, be present with the Lord? When you get to heaven, will you be whole, full, healed, and happy and joy? Anybody believe that? Do you believe if anything's missing or broken, you'll get it back in heaven? Do you believe that? Well, well, well what you got to realize, Jesus said what you need to do is to believe on earth just as it is in heaven. So if you need a new heart, don't wait till you get to heaven. Start speaking it now so you can have. If you need new lungs, don't wait till you get to heaven. Start speaking new lungs now. If you need some gold, don't wait, just get up there and dance on your streets of gold. Call some gold forth now. See, 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 faith is what? Confident what you, hope is what you confidently expect, but without that, you can't get to the positive nature of what faith is for you as a kingdom key. So the key is which kingdom are you operating in? Just this world and this realm, or are you operating in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, accessing what you need into this realm. Remember, you're an ambassador, not a resident now. So let's go on. There's some things I want to get in your spirit today. So most believers use the term hope for future tense rather than for confident expectation. So how do we establish confident expectation in our lives? How do I establish confident expectation in my life to unlock God's best life for me? How do we, we're talking about this confident expectation. 
We're, we're talking about, man, that's exciting. I can call things that are not as though they are, the Bible says. The Bible says, you know, that whatsoever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever loose on earth is loose in heaven. And Jesus said, this is how you pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not God's will for me to be sick. Because he said in Isaiah 53, Jesus took our sorrow, sickness, and disease, and grief, and suffering on the cross. First Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes, Jesus' stripes, we were healed. God said in Isaiah 55 that I will perform the word to do what I sent it to do. So why am I lacking? Why do I not possess? Why do I get sick and tired? Do I just get sick and die? Why do I whip out on the very thing I should die for? Because to die, Elijah, is to gain. If you're born again, what the heck was dead? I'm a Christian. Well, what's that mean? I'm a believer. Well, what's that mean? I'm born again. How did you get born again? If you, something came to life again, it must have been dead. Your spirit, from the fall of Adam and Eve, death was pronounced, and it abides in a state of death. That's why God said it's only appointed but one time for a person to die. That's to die to this world and your solical mind, will, and emotions and be reborn in the spiritual world because God is spirit and we've been created in his image and likeness. And your spirit that was abiding in the state of death, not functioning to operate on your behalf, when you accepted Jesus Christ through faith, but with grace through faith, activated and your sozo happened your salvation happened your spirit came alive huh. but why do you look live like you're dead why do you live in lack fear anguish and suffering and disappointment the reason is we don't understand the full revelation of confident expectation Faith is not my issue. I'm getting what I believe. The Bible says life and death is what? In the tongue. And the Bible says out of the heart speaks the abundance. Out of the mouth speaks the abundance of the heart. What I'm thinking, what I'm focused on, what I'm, who I am and what I believe. So if life and death is in the tongue, then it says life and death comes out of me. I could speak life to relationships or death. I can speak poverty or wealth. You say, well, you just preacher, you're just talking name it and claim it. See, you, you don't even know what name it and claim it is in the first place, ma'am, sir. God bless you. Living in ignorance. People label stuff and they think that's what it is. It's talking about greater is he who is in me. It's not talking about my heart and my blood vessels and my greater is he. That means someone's in me. Anybody know who that is? It's the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that covered the waters of deep when there was void and nothing. But then creation happened. And the lands came forth and separated from the waters. And the waters and the great lakes and oceans were set. So who is he in you? Are you dependent on what you know or who you know? See, you don't have to know all the great fighting techniques if you know the greatest fighter living. You just call them. 
Call on that name, right? So how do I live in this confident expectation? How do I get this confident expectation to initiate my faith so that it can make those things possible that are not? What? All things are possible to them who believe, believe what? Them who believe what? According to what the Word says. The truth. Know the truth and the truth will. So how do I start establish this confident expectation? Wherever your confident expect, get this, wherever your confident expectation is set is where your title deed comes forth from the things you own. Your confident expectation releases faith to access the title deed on what you own. That's why we talked about the gates of hell shall not prevail, right? And when you go in and kick open those gates, what happened? You didn't go on the devil's territory. He's passive. He's barricading all those things that we lost because of Adam and Eve sinning against God. They didn't have to work, toil, lived in the Garden of Eden, Live forever, beautiful, healthy, strong, mighty. All these things, all they had to do is go forth, create, and, you know, subdue kingdoms and all that. They didn't have sickness. They didn't have poverty. They didn't have racism, fear, addiction. None of that stuff. Death. None of that stuff. Didn't even know what a hunger pain was. Until they chose to put their confident expectation in a liar called the old serpent. And he whispered and told Eve a lie. Go eat that tree. Oh, we can't eat that tree. Why? God said, that's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. If we eat of that, surely we will die. Oh, no. You won't die. You'll be great like him because, get this, what God doesn't want you to realize, if you eat that tree of knowledge and good and evil, then it will increase you to where you have knowledge and Good and evil, you have the knowledge that God has and you will be strong. Oh, what was the lie? It's a half truth. Yeah, you'll get the knowledge of good and evil, but they never even knew what evil was. To them, it's just another, well, good and evil must be good and gooder, better and better. They didn't know what evil was because they had never experienced evil. They had never experienced poverty or lack or fear or anxiety, a pimp or anything. It was perfect. Perfect. So when you just say, tried the knowledge of good and evil, it could have been good and blue or good and green to them. See, let me help you, Christian saint. You don't know what you don't know. I don't know what I don't know. And the sooner we can humble ourselves to that and always be open to not allow our past to determine our, hist our history, to determine our future, God can use us. Let us know. So you and I are responsible. So, so the lie was what? Everybody remember what the lie was? If you take this, you'll be just like God. The lie was they were already just like God. Genesis 1, he said he created them in man. He, he, God said, I've created them. We have created them, both male and female, in our own image, in our own likeness. God, the image and likeness of spirit. 
We created them in our own image and likeness, and, 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 and like us. And, and what? They shall go forth and subdue. They're, they're the head of what are they? The head of the fowl, of the air, the fish, the sea, and every creeping things on the earth. They're, they rule all that. They were already just like God. They had God's DNA in them and God with them. But the lie was they believed and put their confident expectation in another truth rather than a truth of God. So the whole battle you're in right now is not that you don't have it. It's just that you can't get it. And the reason you can't get it, there's some opposing lie that's keeping you from having confident expectation to release your faith to access the grace to have it. Where's that? I always get scripture out of uh, offering 2 Corinthians 9 or is it 1 Corinthians 9? Where it says that whenever you give, give with a cheerful heart, right? Don't give out of want and stuff. And it said, and when you give out of a cheerful heart, what happens? And God said, and Paul said, and all grace shall abound towards you in all things lacking nothing. Grace is the answer to every need you have. Grace is not only a principle and a spirit, but also grace is Jesus, right? Jesus came. We are saved by Jesus. We are saved by grace, what? Through faith. And it gives you access to all things. Let me help you. You're, you're not trying to beg God so you can have it. You're trying to get revelation to seize it. You need to be the repossessor. You need to repossess your stuff. You need to get sick and tired of sick, being sick and tired and living in lack and living in fear and living in worry and living in not enough or just enough or almost enough. You need to say, that's enough. One of you got it back there. Say, Pastor, you seem mad. I am mad. Look around and see the devil wear you out and wear you out and press you down and push you down and push you back. Push you back to the back of the bus. Your daddy owns a bus line. Get up front. You're ahead and not to tell. You're above and not beneath. It's not just some little colloquium. Well, I don't know, preacher. That's why you are just like you are, and you will always be until you die. And you always have less than you have. And there will always be less people wanting to be involved in your life, wanting to hang out with you, wanting to be around you, because you know it all. But the problem is your all couldn't be fit on the end of a needle. And God's all is all-encompassing of everything. Well, I think I'm offended. Well, we found out who we were talking to. <laughs> I'm not nervous. I'm tearing down some gates here. I, I, I'm Because if you don't tear down gates, I can't get what we need for this house. So you're part of my army. You're either going to fight or run. You ain't going to sleep in the back and hang out. You're either going to get in the fight or get the heck out. Because if you don't fight in this family... You will go crazy anyway. So you might as well put it up and let it go because you're in a fight. Look, you never say, I'm in a fight. Are you in a fight? I'm in a fight. Are you in a fight? Hallelujah. 
God bless the visitors. I'm not going to say we're not like this always because my goal is we will always be like this and even more intense. That's my goal. So Hebrews 11, verses 11, 12 in Hebrew says this. Let me get my breath. Hallelujah. And we desire for each one of you to show the same diligence in the Amplified all the way through. Say all the way through. You hear me say it all the time, through is important. Why? Because you need to get to where God wants you to be. He don't want you on this side. He don't want you in the middle. He wants you on the other side because he's got something else for you to have or do. All the way through, so as to realize and enjoy, look now, full assurance of hope. Full assurance of hope, what? Until the end. The problem with Christians, we get it. And then we start living in it and eating it and using it and loving it so much until it's gone. Then we get in panic. we got to get it again. So that you will not be spiritually sluggish. But will instead, look at us now, be imitators of those who through what? Faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him what, and in his power. A lot of people have confidence in God. They just don't have confidence in his power. If you heard your, if, if, if we could record ourselves when we don't expect it, and then in our prayer life, we just hit play instead of saying anything, we'd be like, I don't know that person. I don't know who he is. He's crazy. I don't, Lord, that, I don't know who she is. Because all we do is speak against his power instead of accessing his power. Lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in Him and in His power. And by patient endurance, even when suffering, even when suffering, are now inheriting the promises. Now, fooey on the goofy doctrine that, well, somebody dies early. Well, they're just, you know, we all suffer for a season. It's a life for the pit of hell. Now, God can turn it into a triumph, but it's never God's will for you to die early. But we look at Phil, and look what God did with that. His legacy went on beyond what he probably ever dreamt or any of us ever dreamt, and it will continue to go on and cause people to do great exploits because of the impact he has on their life. But see, what you got to realize is it's not God's will for you to suffer. You suffer because you're in a messed up world. You suffer because you're in a fallen world. You suffer because great-great-granddaddy and grandmama blew it. There would be no death and disease if it hadn't been for Adam and Eve or their betrayal. So that's why you're in a fight. And if you don't fight back, the bully will pick you out and wear you out. Say confident expectation. So it says, and by patient endurance, even when suffering, are now, everybody say now, inheriting the promises. 
So even if you're in suffering, the way you end suffering, he's saying, all right, you got that, but I'm inheriting the promises, and now I'm really going to wipe you out, devil. You mess with my money, oh, I'm going to open a new business. You mess with my kids, I'm going to see 100 kids saved. You mess with my health, I'm going to be healthier and live 10 extra years just because you ticked me off this week. Say, well, preacher, that's just foolishness. The gospel is foolishness to those that don't believe. <laughs> see, see I, I, I don't like religion. Neither did Jesus, remember? Religion said, unbelief is the thief of my power. The only thing that can steal his power is unbelief. And unbelief, when it's built into rituals with excuses to be anti-Christ, Unbelief is Antichrist. Now, I know there's the Antichrist and other little Antichrists. It's talking about in 1 John or 2 John, whichever one. But anti means against. Christ, Christos, means the anointed one. When it, it means anointed one. But when it's Christ the Messiah, it's the anointed one. So he is the anointed one. We're little brothers and sisters. We're anointed ones. But... If you live in unbelief, you are anti-anointing. Now, I don't know if we invite them to church. They might get scared when the anointing gets real strong. Good! Maybe it'll scare some hell out of them. Maybe they're tired of living in hell. Tired of living in ugliness and sickness and anger and fear and depression. Maybe they need this hell scared out of them. Maybe you do. I don't know. I'm just asking. I didn't say you do. I, I, I'm fighting some devils here. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I'm going to get you free. I'm just telling you. Well, I don't need to be free. You're the one I'm working on. So wherever your confident expectation is, where you set your faith will give you the deed to it. So, so what is it? That full assurance of hope to the end, what's it for? It's so you can imitate those that went on before you and won. So you can imitate Abraham and Isaac and Peter and John and Paul and all those that went to be imitators of those through faith. That's what it's about. So your confidence, you need to read about people that overcame not people that suffered and never won. You can read about their suffering, but even in their suffering, they're won because Paul said, even in my weakness, I'm stronger. So how do you establish confident expectation to release faith to access the kingdom promises of God over your life? So let's talk about that. <clears throat> Verse 13. Here's one of those we need to imitate. For when God made the promise to Abraham. Not just a bunch of promises, only the promise. He swore an oath by himself. Why did God swear by himself? Because there's no one greater to swear by. Because he, number says, he's a God that cannot lie. And he's a God that changes not. So I want the guy that doesn't lie and doesn't change, but is who he says he is, right? Since he had no greater by whom to swear, saying... I will surely bless you 
and I will surely multiply you. Ooh, think about that. And so having patiently waited, he waited on the promise. He waited and realized the promise in the miraculous birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come from God. Now think about that. He waited how long? He was about 75. He was 75 when God gave him the promise. And that he couldn't have any children with Sarah. And then he and Sarah got restless and she had the great idea, take your handmaiden, have a child with her. He did, and that became uh, Ishmael, the opposite of what Isaac is. So then he said, we messed it up. Don't want to do that no more. Let's wait. And now it said he lived, what, to 100 years old, 25 years later. Sarah was 90 years old. And the Bible said he did not consider himself or the deadness of her womb. Even when he blew it and missed it, he got back on track and he just said, God said it, it's going to happen. Now, he said, well, what's the big deal about Isaac? Because it said he's going to have children as the stars around this and, you know, inherit all this stuff and he's a friend of God. It had to start with the seed. Isaac was the seed. Without Isaac, nothing was going to happen. And Abraham knew it. So if you were the devil, where are you going to fight Abraham and Sarah at? With the birth of that seed. See, there's things you're fighting and you think it's the end, but it's just the beginning. There's some things you fight over, you just need to let it go. It's a distraction because it's about you or yours. But when it's about God and others, it's worth fighting for. And he'll make sure he gets it to you because if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. He said there in 2 Corinthians 9, about verse 11 or 12, he said he gets seed in the hand of who? The sower. So any kind of seed I sow, love, grace, forgiveness, finances, health, wisdom, Spiritual growth, word, I receive it back again, pressed down, shaking, and running over. You can't outgive God in any measure, time, life, energy. So what is the key here? If I want to access the blessings of God and to do that, I got to understand and have a confident expectation that God already said, surely, say surely. Say surely. Was it surely? He said, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply you. See, I don't want him multiplying him to me to I'm blessed. Because if you multiply a problem, it's just more problems. But if you multiply the blessing of God, it's more blessings. So Paul explains. How through this exchange with God, Abraham accessed the kingdom key to have a confident hope. A confident expectation. Hope. So that he could put his faith on it. I mean, you think about that. He's still confident at 100 years of age and at Sarah at 90, they're going to have a child. Already had his name. So why did that happen? You had to go back to the beginning. The reason it happened back at the beginning was because, and I don't want to take time to read through all that, was because God met Abraham there, right, and did a sacrifice with him and gave him the promise and told him exactly what would happen. But that was 25 years earlier. But he still had confident expectation 
Not that it was going to happen, but that it was finished. It was just a matter of when it would manifest. So God infused the power of understanding. God infused revelation into Abraham so that he could receive the blessing before he ever had it in his hand. Breakthrough doesn't happen when the blessing's in your hand. Breakthrough happens when you make a decision to walk in the blessing. The blessing is already there waiting for you. That's when the breakthrough happens. So many Christians are missing this kingdom principle because they're not fully developed in their confident expectation. See, it's up to you and I to find songs and words and be around people. If somebody doesn't build your confident expectation, there's somebody you're to minister to for a season. And if that don't help, get away from them. But if, if you're around people and they don't build your confident expectation of faith, you need to find other people to be around. And I don't even care if they're in this church. Get away from them. Pray for them, love them, but get away from them. You don't need to hang around with brother doubt and sister belief, unbelief. The doubt family and the unbelief family, if you can't change them in a day, forget it. Go on to somebody else. That's why iron sharpens iron. So to access this full inheritance of God's promises, you can't access it until you change the way you think. Until you change the way you think, you cannot change the way you live. You can't change the way you're living until you change the way you're thinking. Everything begins with a thought. So we got to insert God's promises, God's blessings into our thought life. And when we put that in our thought life, that's what gives you the confident expectation or the hope, which is the kickstart to your faith. Your faith is the vehicle that goes into the unseen realm and brings the blessing that God already gave you into the seen realm. Not in the future, but brings those into the future and brings it into your now. I love what Bill Walton calls it. He calls it the hope hack. The hope hack. Confident expectation. You know, like when you have computer hackers, program hackers, you know. Zach and you guys understand this. Obviously, I, I don't. But there's hacking. They can go in and hack your software or whatever, cause it to do things or take stuff over you don't want them to. And so what? They've interrupted the programming of the software, which then affects the hardware of the computer and can even open your bank accounts or whatever or get private information. It's a hack. But see, we, living in a cursed world, came from fallen parents, Adam and Eve, born in a state of death, but now we're Christians that are born, born again. Now we're alive and alive in Christ, the hope of glory. But now what we need to do is have the hope hack to reprogram our mind. <laughs> you you want to know how you can never be disappointed? You never don't even need God to do this. I'll tell you how you never will ever be disappointed. You might be discouraged and depressed, but you'll never be disappointed is never expect more. If I don't ever expect anything more, I can't be disappointed. But what kind of life is that to never expect more? The only way you can be disappointed is if you don't reach what you expect. So I want to ask you, what are you expecting? Just to get through life by the hair of your chinny chin chin, the skin of your teeth, and get to heaven maybe, hopefully someday? Or are you going to live like heaven is in you on earth right now, knocking down gates and getting everything God said you could have? It's your choice. I mean, it's your choice. 
You can tame your life. Well, we got children. Well, that's even more reason to be more intense. People got young children. Well, we miss, we miss. You might want to think twice about that. It's the formative years. The Jesuits would say, give us your child for seven years and we'll tell you the kind of man or woman they're going to be. Most things are formed in the first seven years of their life. All of us. And then you got formative years beyond that. So when we look at this, about the whole pack, it's a way to rewrite our mind to have new expectations for life. New expectations of life through confident expectation. To begin to meditate, to believe, and to think the way God wants us to think. And speak the way God wants us to speak. To expect God's blessings to walk in front of you and behind you each step of your life. There's two ways to reprogram your mind. Because remember, 1 Thessalonians 5 says what? Paul said, I pray for your whole, W-H-O-L-E, spirit, soul, and body that will be found blameless in that day. Your spirit is your likeness of God, your intuition, your consciousness of God. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. It's your decision-making resource. Blood, uh, body, flesh, blood, and, and bone. So, tripart, all of it, right? So, two ways to reprogram your brain daily so you can understand how to access confident hope to get your blessings. Anybody want to know what that is? Okay, here's the first way. Best way, and what I'd like to challenge all of you to do this week, is write down Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. You've heard it here before. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. And that's what you're going to meditate or mull on this week. And I want you for a minimum of 10 minutes every morning as soon as you get up, even before you get out of bed if you want to, I want you to meditate and read those scriptures out loud and pray in the Holy Spirit while you're reading. Read them out loud, then pray in the Holy Spirit over them. Read them out loud and pray in the Holy Spirit over them. And then the next thing I want you to do while you're praying in the Holy Spirit over them, I want you then to begin to imagine the greatest life you could ever live for God and for your family. Begin to imagine the greatest life you could ever live for God and your family. Now, what is that? That's a part of your brain called theta. And one of the sections of your brain is the area of theta. And what theta does is it's the part where your imaginations are. Isn't that why the Bible said do not have vain or empty or evil imaginations, right? We are to have good imaginations. So we want to get whatever the Word says about us, and then we want to speak it. And when we speak it, then we want to um, sit there and see yourself in it. So theta means imagination. It's a Greek word means imagination. And it's one of the key ways your brains work. Now, say, well, I don't know, preacher. That sounds new agey. Well, I guess Proverbs 23, 7 is new agey. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. <laughs> so if you think you're a loser, you'll be a good loser. If you think you're mediocre, you'll be mediocre. If you think you're kind of hot or cold, you'll be hot or cold. If you think that, you know, Driving a used car, you'll drive a used car. If you, think, you can look at whatever you drive, wherever you live, whatever you have, however you speak, all those things, that's what you believe. That's your level, right? Nothing wrong with it. We're all different levels because it's not about just material stuff, right? It's about what you think about, how, how good you think about yourself and others and your walk with God. But, but you are the sum total today of everything you think about, and that's your level. Nothing wrong with that. 
Now it just gives you a place to start. But listen, anything that's not growing is dying. A tree, if it's not growing, it's dying, right? A plant, if it's not growing, it's dying. Everything, if it's not growing, it's dying. We see that with us as we get older, right? If we're not growing, we're dying. Sometimes we're doing both at the same time. Praise God. But anyway, so, so the key is that you got to find out what God says about it, and this is a great place to start, and start speaking the blessings and multiplications over your life every morning and say, read it out loud once or twice, and then take a couple minutes and pray in the Holy Spirit. If you don't know how to pray in the Holy Spirit, do, you know, do anybody remember how you got saved? Wave at me. That's the same way you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Once you're born again, and I used to do this all the time at the altar since people got saved. Probably need to go back to it. As soon as you get born again, you get born again what? You get born again by, through faith, by grace through faith, right? So you have faith and access to grace, and you ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart and be your Lord and Savior, and His grace comes in your heart. Jesus comes, the Holy Spirit to live in your heart, and you're born again. You're saved by grace through faith. Faith is a through. It's the vehicle that gets it, right, that accesses it. So I'm saved by grace through faith. Guess what? Grace, charis, is the root to charisma and all the other gifts. So it's the root word of gift. So Jesus is the gift and the gift giver, and every other gift comes out of him, right? So here's the key. Any promise I receive from God comes through faith and grace, every one of them. So you know how I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Give me the gifts of speaking in tongues and my prayer language and an anointing to live it out. Thank you in Jesus' name. Now, do you believe you have to cut, beg, and roll on the carpet to get saved? You tell people, don't you? Why? You don't have to, well, i got to quit this and quit. No, get saved, and then you can quit that. Then you won't even desire it or whatever. So, so if you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, we're going to hear testimonies, Tony, of people doing this, and then they're going to pray that prayer, and then just start praying and start using your vocal cords and trust God. You'll know if it's not God. You'll quit it. And, and sooner, he said, you're a father in, in Matthew 7, wasn't it, or Mark 7? Matthew 7 said, you evil fathers give yourself, your kids, evil gifts. But my father, a good father, gives good gifts. And then James 1 says, or James 2, or end of James 1 or beginning of James 2. I think it's the end of James 1. Said, all good gifts come from above, from the Father of lights. All good gifts come from above. So the good gifts come from above, from the Father, right? And through the Holy Spirit. So you can do that. Anyway, that's a side note. So, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. My, the heart is the seat of my humanity, my mind, will, and emotions, my solical decision-making resource. So, as I think in my decisions, am I? Hmm. Not the way you feel. I feel, I just feel this, and I feel that. You just listen to too much Barry Manilow. Not feeling it. You young people ain't know who that is. So, so it's not about emotions. It's not about feelings. It's about decisions. You are the sum total of every decision you've made. You either choose Christ or not. You either choose holiness or not. You either choose victory or not. You choose. It's your decision. You have today exactly what you believe. Nothing wrong with that. But the key is, if you want more, then you need to believe for more. Because what are you going to do with that? God said he's no respecter of persons. Are you, are you so special that, you know, you can get it and I can't? Or I can get it and you can't? There's no respecter of persons. 
Genesis eleven six, and the Lord said, "Indeed, the people are one, and they are they have all have one language, and this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they purpose in their heart cannot be withheld from them." Now, in the King James or the Amplified, I can't remember. It says anything that they imagine in their heart, because remember the children, the, the the people were going to what build the Tower of Babel all the way to heaven, and God said. Anything they imagine, if they come together in unity, they can do. So imagination is a key. God gave you that gift to imagine. How are you going to speak those things that are not as though they are if you can't imagine what they are? So it's up to you to imagine. So when you're there reading Deuteronomy out loud, Speaking it over your life, praying. Then take a few minutes and imagine living in the blessed life, the most blessed life you could. Maybe you imagine writing a check to pay off your house. Writing a college fund for your children and even your grandchildren that's not born yet. You sit there and see yourself winning 10 people a week to the Lord. And someday you're in heaven hanging out with them. You imagine yourself leading your parents to the Lord and your children and your neighbors to the Lord. You imagine yourself, see yourself laying hands on someone that's crippled and they get out of a wheelchair. You imagine, you imagine yourself walking around fit, healthy, and strong. And you imagine it to the point you get such a desire, you start working toward it, learning how to do it and to be it. Or you can have vain, empty, that means empty imaginations. Whatever will be, will be. I guess that's the way it always happens for me and my family. We're not that family. If we live in this zip code, we're not in that zip code. It's where we went to school. We didn't go to school over there. That's empty imaginations. The only thing limited in you is your confident expectation. And the way you increase your confident expectation is see what God says about it. Get in agreement. That's why the Bible says, or two or more gather together in the midst with me, with God, and agree on anything, they shall have it. Anything that God says we can have. Not that uh, we agree right now that a meteorite hits the church and kills everybody. You, you think that's stupid, but you'd be surprised what Christians do. But that's why you get what God says and get into agreement. And if you can't get find a person, just get in agreement with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's four of you. Right? The Word is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And a few verses down it said, and the Word became manifest and dwelt among us. Thank you. Third hanky. Y'all wearing me out. No, y'all building me up. Praise God. Y'all firing me up. See? We all got to start watching what we're saying. Let me wrap up here. Oh, this is good. So, you need a partner if you're going to Live in confident, healthy, confident expectation. You need a good partner. And Romans 5 tells us who that good partner is. <clears throat> Romans 5, 13 in the Amplified. I just need five minutes and I got you where I want you. May the God of hope. Hmm. What if you said this? May the God of confident expectation. Or may the God of sickness and disease. You go. That's crazy. May the God of unbelief and self-pity. 
May the God of fear and anxiety, may the God of poverty and racism, murder and death, no, 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 no. may the God of confident expectation, remember, God good, devil bad. Jesus said in John 10, 10, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but ah, Jesus come to give life and give life more abundantly. May the God of confident expectation fill you, what, with all joy and peace in what? In believing, not to have believed in the past. See, you got to watch the tenses of words. didn't say, who have believed. Well, one time I believed for my healing and I got it, so I guess I'll just get it again. Not if you're not believing. Well, one time I had a financial breakthrough. Well, what'd you do? Well, I sowed, I tied, did this. Okay, good. Well, I need a breakthrough. It's going to happen again. Not if you're not believing. It's not about what you believed, past tense. Actually, the word uh, for salvation, sozo, is also a continuing word. It's not a past tense word. It's being saved. Being, you're constantly being preserved by God. And it's the same way with this. It doesn't mean, well, if you mess up, you're not saved. It's talking about he's constantly preserving you, saving you. And so, so the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through what? The experience of your faith. But see, if you don't have hope, you can't have faith. How can you know and trust God if you don't see him as he is through his word? Maybe your God is the God that kills you if you look the wrong way. Or your God is the God that brings sickness and disease on you if you're not a good person. Or your parents weren't a good person. See, that's, that's not my God. But I have my perspective according to the shaping of revelation of the word that I have received and the exercise of life I live. And there's times I even have to reinforce myself to keep believing because it's not good enough just to have believed. That's a nugget for you now. <clears throat> what? Through the experience. Didn't say through the faith. Well, I have faith. You do. Have you used it? What are you faithing for right now? Huh? What are you expecting right now that you've already spoke and sown and believed over right now? That's why people got offended when, I just can't believe, Pastor, like you can't fast and, 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 and pray for money and just get money. No. It's a kingdom of sowing and reaping. You can pray and fast to give you revelation and understanding, get your heart in alignment, but you can't get it if you don't sow it. Now, you can get some stuff. But if you want to go to the next realm in God, you got to sow to receive. You think you're going to get love without sowing it? Yeah, for a while from your parents. And then they just bury you and put up with you. Oh, anything I want, i got to sow and give to others. <clears throat> what? That by the power of what? The Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. That's your partner, right? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You will abound in hope, confident expectation, and overflow with confidence in his promises. So if you want to walk in confident expectations with God and you want to access the blessings that God has for you, and there's plenty of them, believe me, how does it happen? i got to get my hope right. i got to get confident expectation of who God is and what he said about me and what I have. And then what do I do? Then I have faith to initiate it. How do I initiate it? 
I release the Holy Spirit to hover, to cover, and to bring forth. Think about that. The Holy Spirit working on your behalf more than just making you feel good, but bringing things in and favor and opportunities into your life. And then it says you abound in hope and overflow. So then what happens? Faith builds faith. Revelation builds revelation. Hope builds hope, right? What? He said, I will, in, my, in blessing, I will bless you, and in multiplication, I will multiply you. The more you do of his word and his promises, the more he multiplies it in your life. <clears throat> Let me end with this. Romans 8, verses 26 and maybe a couple verses, amplified. In the same way, in the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what, we're, what prayer to offer or what or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows your need and at the right time intercedes on your behalf with signs, with sighs and groanings too deep, too deep for words. That's talking about your prayer language. If you're not praying in your prayer language, he can't do that for you. He can only do what he's given permission to do. That's why when you pray in an unknown language, you don't understand it. Those sighs, groanings, and words, you don't have to understand them. They're coming from you, but the Holy Spirit understands them, and it releases him to work on your behalf. Jude says that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, your prayer language, it edifies, it builds you up. Um, Verse 27, he who... Searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes, prayer for another, before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 is God's will for you. Verse 28, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good. You ever heard that at a funeral? Oh, God does, I don't understand this, but God causes all things to work together for good for those that... Oh, they forget that last part, for those that believe. <laughs> so, <clears throat> who's deeply concerned, concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God and to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. How can you know God and his plan and his purpose? So, in other words, if I don't operate in the love of God and know his plan and purpose, then how is all things going to work out good for me? I think the King James, what's this say? It works out for them that believe, I believe, doesn't it? So, so, so that doesn't just work because you're breathing and you're born again. You're existing. That works because you believe in what God said. Not just because you showed up, no, because you believe. And as you believe, what happens, that means I have confident expectation. And then I have faith to make whatever happens in my life turn into my favor. So that word helps is a long, it's, a, it's, it's made up of several Greek words, but it's sin, S-Y-N, sin anti-lambano, sin anti-lambano. It's S-Y-N-A-N-T-I-L-Y-M-B-A-N-N-O. Now let me give you this and we'll go. So if I break those three words out of the one word, Sin, S-Y-N, is like where we get our word synonym. It means the same, right? And here in the Greek, it means connected together as to become one. So the first part of that word is to be connected together as to become one. 
The second part of the word anti means against, right? If you're anti something, you're against it. In the Greek, it means join in one against. Hmm. Join in one against. Now, bono, limbano means to aggressively lay hold of something. So now let's look at this. To aggressively lay hold of something. Gabby, come on up here real quick. Give me a couple of my workout big guys here. Come on. Well, Zach, you're a big guy. Both Zach. Zach, you come here. Get, Zach, get over here, over here. He used to work out. Not just teasing and messing with He has to put up me every Tuesday at 7 o'clock on a call. So he's like, you stand right there, Zach. Now, here's what Gabby, she's a believer, a child of God, and he represents Satan's power to stop her from getting her breakthrough. Now, do you believe Gabby could go over here and push him if he's fighting against her all the way to the other end of the stage and push her off, push him off? Do you believe she could physically do that? Oh, come on, people. I mean, this is like working with kids. No, she can't do that. She, I can't do that. Lord, help us, Jesus. No, she can't do that. He's too strong. But, here, you come on up here, brother. Come up here with me. Here you go, Elijah, you come up here with me. Here you go. Yeah, come on up here, Elijah. Here, give, me, give me somebody else, too, here. Come up here, Sandy, real quick. Come up here, Sandy. But, if she makes her mind up to push him off, and she can't, come on up here. If she puts the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost three in one with her, Look now, surround her right here. So now, look, now she is joined together as one with them. Together, do you think they can knock him off the stage? All right, give them all a big hand. So... Angie, that's what I was telling you in the prophecy, you and Billy, at times you feel isolated along. When you look around, 80% of the people raise their hand because Satan don't want you to know that you are aggressively fitted and joined together as one with God and his Godhead to move any mountain that's got to be moved. Now, if she stood up there and felt like she's all along fighting an addiction or a fear or whatever, and she just, oh. But if she has confident expectation, she's got the Godhead with her. Ooh. Is that hidden? Look here. We're going to pray after I read this verse to you. These two. I promise. John 7, Jesus said this, verses 37 and 38. He said, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood in the crowd saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Anybody came to him and drank? You're living in that last day, aren't you? Dispensation right now. He who believes what in me, in Jesus, what? As the scripture says. See, a lot of people believe in Jesus, Zach, but it's weird, right? It's a wimpy belief. As the scriptures have said, out of his or her heart, the King James, I think New King James says, out of their belly, but this translation says, out of their heart will flow what? Rivers of what? Living water. So, 
And that great day of the feast, Jesus stood crying, if anyone thirsts after me. Now, that word, I believe it's the word thirst, but it's the word zao in the Greek language. Z-A-O. And what it means is this. Well, it's actually the, the water, the living water. Zao, to bring God's life into something. The living water, the spirit, the living water that being baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you thirst, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. What happens? It says, living water shall what? Spring forth out of you. That living, the word living there, living waters, is zao. It means to bring God's life into something. So when I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, and then I'm by faith I release the Spirit, what did I do? I just released God's life into something. Genesis 2, God hewn man out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into him, and he became a, a living, speaking, talking soul. The word there is zoe, Z-O-E. Zoe means God kind of life. So originally, when we were created to have Zoe in us, God's kind of life, right? But because of Adam and Eve and their sin and failure, they abide in a state of death. That God kind of life is just sitting there in a dead state. But when you became born again, it quickened the God kind of life in you that you speak those things that are not as though they are that's Zoe but then Jesus added something to it Miss Gwen he said but when you thirst for it out of your bellies out of your heart shall flow rivers of living Zoe Zoe that means that you can transfer God's life into something. In other words, His power. Right? You can release the Spirit of God over a situation. You can release, what is the Spirit of God? That's His life. You see, you have God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, right? But then you have His attributes. That's where the power operates. His identity is who He is, but for me, I have certain attributes, right? And therefore, when you get me, you get my attributes. When you get God, you get his attributes. And, and it's saying here, Jesus is saying, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart or out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. In other words, you bring God's life into something. It also means vidify. Not video, V-I-D-I-F-Y. Vidify. It means to make vivid or clear or to make seen. So water that brings life that whatever it's poured on, it brings life. So when I release my spirit, whatever my spirit is poured on, it brings life. Those of you that release the anointing, the Spirit of God off my life today, it brings vividness to you. It brings a life to you. And then you go release that life to your family, to your friends. to. Vivid, clarity, life. Energy, power, anointing that breaks every yoke. So, like in the country stuff, when they do irrigation before you had all the fancy systems, I know, you know, you could build a little garden alongside of a creek or near water or near a well, 
and you'd have all your rows. We called them hold. You had to hold and put your little mounds and put what you were growing in. Well, you know, if you didn't have a lot of money, you'd take plastic and lay up one end of the garden, the high end, and you had all these rows, and you would put some kind of plastic in there, like a, like a shell, like a, you'd have like a hole, kind of like that, you know, you dig it. And then you'd lay that plastic in there. When you lay the plastic in there, you stop up both ends, and then you get water from the well, and you just start pouring buckets of water, and you fill that ditch up, and the water sits in the plastic. Then you'd go along your foot, every row that needed water at the end of it, you'd kick it open, and water would irrigate the crops down through there. And irrigate, you just go. See, you're an irrigator. You carry the water of the God kind of life, and God has set you up to go to the dry places that are barren. And wherever that's at, you are to kick it open and release the well of the water of God on whoever and whatever it is you're facing.